0: This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding.
1: I am tired of the same old phases. Vans.
0: Off the wall since 1960. Motherfucking six. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Drop that bitch.
0: i'm d jones y'all know i got my main man the ghost with me and we got the mad scientist ants one behind the scenes
1: it's a cool cool thing thing.
0: so ghost before we get into it and before i ask you about what's popping this week in the episode we know it's going to be a big one you tell us every week but there was even bigger news on our story we tried to get to the bottom of the miami fiasco and uh (laughs) Looks like you won the poll by a landslide, so I guess it wasn't so insane for you to sucker punch me without a boxing <laughs> gun after Oh <laughs> Ah, shit. Oh. But uh, uh, just a couple votes I would like to point out here. Um, I would like to make my case. <laughs> First off, the one man who voted that was in Miami with us at the time. Nick Katz, proud owner of Andrew Skate Shop, actually voted on my side, and he was there, so that made me feel pretty good. And, uh, yeah, you heard it. Nick Katz voted for me. I was shocked by that as well. And then the second vote that I noticed was Kevin Lowry, who voted for you, which is no surprise to me. (laughs) (laughs) ever since I let him have that one. He's been looking to stick it to me. So, Kev, you got me again. Love you, brother.
2: Oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, Oh, shit. Who who should I thank first? I feel like an Oscar uh, speech right now. I just want to thank my friends and family for supporting me during those tough times where Donna was fucking punching me in the face nonstop. I had to... (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, water under the bridge, it's all love. But um, it's funny that uh, the people stood with me. So shout out to all of y'all. We got a new poll this week, Dono. Yeah. It'll probably post it on Wednesday or Thursday. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to win by a landslide again.
0: <laughs> I think you're wrong, man. Uh, and oh, hopefully shit. I don't have a new uh, co-host next week after... Your comments on this week's polls, but uh, we'll let oh, the people uh, get to that themselves, man. Ghost up 1 0 <laughs> in the polls, not to my liking. Uh, what well, we got cracking this week, man? Tell the
2: people what we're working with. Big week, as I always say. You know what I'm saying? We got a real legend in the building, not one of Donald's uh, fake legends. Actually, you no, know, everyone that Whoa, comes on is a legend. Jesus Shout Christ. out to all of you. <laughs> but uh, John Rattray, man, fucking my first vhs ever was uh dying to live so it's all love and appreciation for him certified legend great guy It was great to get him in studio e then we taking y'all straight to the post office some controversy we got a new poll coming so make sure you listen to the post office this week some funny shit went down and then the rundown man round one of the nba playoffs is over uh, i got all my predictions right, except for one. Donald messed up three, typical. And then uh, a little NHL minute. You dig? Can the Leafs win a playoff series for the first time since 2004? Let's find out in the next week and a half. Eh? <laughs>
0: Alright, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the bunt Live. subscribe to us on YouTube at the bunt Live. head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash TheBunt hit up our website, TheBuntLive.com every episode logged for your listening pleasure, we got a little bit of product up there too, shouts to everybody making their orders, we love y'all Bunt Gang for life, Bunt Holes, Bunt Wipes whatever you guys want to be called <laughs> <laughs> we're here for y'all uh, <laughs> yeah, Ghost,
2: shout out of the week got something for me that i haven't seen big week tons of shit coming out um let's spark <laughs> it with none other than a toronto video proud of the gang toronto on the map on thrasher.com the Caden skateboards video uh dies days i don't know how to pronounce it d-a-i-s but it's right there on the main page you know what i'm saying go check that out our boy j brown fucking mm-hmm. he's a. Uh, he's my age 1988 still holding it down just as good as ever Uh, pure inspiration shout out to Jay, straight t dot legend and then some of the youth just going off man fucking zach ferguson ben patterson one of my favorite skaters out of ontario certified beast so yeah just make sure you go check that out griffin kirby my dog with the beast front heel and shout out joe moss for filming and editing that shit like a g another canadian video came out man super inspirational i don't know if you saw this one donald it's called stone cold and i was honestly shocked watching this these kids are straight out of like the era we grew up in you know what i'm saying no trendiness necessary these guys are just hitting all the og rails in like winnipeg vancouver toronto they came here and fucking laid a smackdown you know the rail on uh, main street that i bunted smith grand yeah i saw what someone do front blunt something on that dude some i think well i think one of them front smithed it just for warm-up on instagram because mitch sent it to me months ago and i was like damn and then uh the homie front feebled it and f- and front blunted it i don't know if it was the same guy or two different homies but um that that was a breath of fresh air watching that video man that was just reminded me of like a 2007 type of video just fucking dudes going ham on all types of rails and gaps so shout out to that whole squad that was a a blast and then one more shout out of the week harry lintel man that dude just you know you don't hear from him for a minute and then all of a sudden you get a postcard from him and he's shutting it down every goddamn spot fucking cycle on the board so big week man go watch all that shit if you haven't seen it already
0: yes sir huge week as per usual and only one thing left to do before we get into the interview with the absolute legend john Ratray. big thanks again to him for coming on the show make sure to order your pizza someone roasted me somewhere on the internet said i was breathing too hard and it's probably due to eating too much pizza but let me tell you one thing i never heard my <laughs> I never turn my back on a sponsor, you dig? Maker Pizza, Dr. Pepperoni, Pep God, fuck the salad. I'm ordering cookies and wings. You know exactly what it is. Maker Pizza, order online or through the app available on iOS and Android or head in store, Downtown Queen and Spadina, Uptown Avenue Road in Lawrence, Eastside Gerard and Carlaw, and also at Bloor and Dover Court. Whew. All the employees know me there, and they know exactly what it is. I ain't watching my weight. I'm breathing heavy, baby. (laughs) Maddie (laughs) Matheson, tell them what you're working with when you order Maker Pizza.
1: This is literally the best pizza in the world.
0: Let's get into the interview. (laughs) All right, man, I know I throw this term around a lot, but... (laughs) This is a damn good time for it. We have the legend, John Rattray, in the building, man. What an honor, and uh, thank you for being here.
3: All right, yeah. Stoked to stoked to meet you guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Stoked to meet you guys and actually like lear- learn a little bit more about you guys, too, what's going on in the Toronto scene these days.
0: We'll be here for a little while, so ask away. But we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment
3: god i don't know i mean seeing my son drop in on a quarter bike even though he doesn't really Ooh. he's not really into skating so much anymore but he's nine but i'd probably That's say awesome. that moment or like the very first time i saw older dudes in aberdeen like skating down the street and ollieing up a curb like when you go sight when you know you first ever see it and you get like just psyched yeah. just yeah. captures your imagination Early so. those two moments. That's like the beginning and the end, not the end, not the beginning, and then <laughs> an, and then a new beginning, <laughs> a beginning and a new yeah. beginning. Yeah, love that. I mean, I think when I think when you say the the favorites, I mean, not it's not favorite, but it's like an amazing sports moment that happened. Yeah. Back in the nineties, I can't remember if it was like the there was no way it was like into the semi-finals, but England <laughs> played Scotland, and uh, England won, and it was because. Well, w- well, one of the reasons that they won is because Paul Gascoigne from England scored this incredible goal where the ball got crossed in. He volleyed the ball, beat the defender, the Scottish defender, and then the ball didn't hit the ground again. He like rat- beat the defender and like then volleyed the ball again and just annihilated the goal. <laughs> and it was like the game was just kind of over at that point. You were just like, yeah, we're not coming back from this. Scotland's out damn it was a good one for that for for the english um, yeah <laughs> there you
0: go devastating that sounds like a, a bad sports moment for the scottish though man
3: yeah but if you don't really care about you know national <laughs> national pride and all of that part of it and yeah. you just appreciate the game for what it is and you you yeah. look at paul gascoigne and you say wow that was something mate well done <laughs> that's awesome and that's the way that's the way i tend to look at things
2: nice so take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating?
3: I grew up in Aberdeen, Scotland, in the northeast of Scotland, which is a faraway place. And, you know, the east coast of Scotland is not quite as wet and miserable as the west. So, you know, you get some good days in the summer. I mean, in the, you get some good spells in the winter, too. So you can kind of skate through. And there was underground parking lots or car parks, as we would say, mm-hmm. to skate that would stay sort of damp, but not too damp that you couldn't skate. Yeah, I was just nine, and I w- was down in the town, and I think, with my grand grandma. We were walking to do something. I saw the two older kids I just mentioned. And I, what were their names? It might have been Piers and Cammie, I think. They were from the older generation, and they had, like, pro- whatever boards they got. Would, at the time, it would have been, like, Santa Cruz boards, the classic old, like, late 80s graphics and all that. Sick. And they were just cruising down the street and all up. There was a median, like a curb-sized median in between two ca- to the co- two carriages of the street that went down. One of them or both, like, cruised. One of them was wearing a leather jacket and, like, had a plaid shirt, like, you know, wrapped around their waist. So it was, like, flapping, you know? Like, Damn. Okay, you, 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 they're blasting down, making noise, just in the street. And I'm nine, like, whoa, they're in the street. That's, like breaking the rules and then they hollied yeah, yeah. up the curb he hollied up the curb and kept going dropped down kept going down the other side of the street and I was like whoa he didn't even stop <laughs> so kept going but that was enough that was enough when you're nine to be like that And I need a bit of that these days kids have Fortnite and all types of stuff that's really <laughs> stimulating in the metaverse or whatever they call it and yeah I, need, I really am on a mission to sort of have those moments for, for my kid where he can sort of get psyched on the real world
2: Uh, for Mm -hmm. sure so was it a small scene then because you knew the two guys names a lot of times that first time you see someone skate down the street you never see that person again you thank the mystery person for getting you into skating but sounds like you met those guys later
3: on uh let me think i don't know if i mean i met Piers. he was friends with some of the kids that lived near me in the neighborhood but aberdeen was not a big town and there was not many skaters you know it was. it's like a quarter million people or something like that lived there. So it's like a little city, but mm-hmm. within a little city that far away from California and all of the epicenter of skating at the time, yeah, you got to know who was the skaters in town.
2: Right. That's pretty cool.
0: What would you consider was your first big break in the skate industry? With a storied career like your own, like where did you get your first start?
3: Well, it was funny. The store or the shop... In, Aberdeen that opened up there was a chain of I think three. they only had three going it started in Edinburgh then there was Glasgow and then there was they opened a store in Aberdeen that got us really into skating because that was sort of became the epicenter of learning about it see all the boards on the walls and you know that's where you go to watch videos when they first when the videos dropped um, and it was called Quarterback Sports because it was an American sports story see it had it was American mm-hmm. pastime so it was like everything American all together like Football helmets and baseball mitts and baseball um, bats, and then like you could buy a basketball, and then you could buy skateboards. That was it, that was kind of the mix of, of sports, it was all in together. Crazy. You know? wow. I love that. The jocks, the jocks, and the skate kids, it's like just yeah. let's, put it, let's put it all together and not even think about that. <laughs> cause, and then, um, yeah, it's just American stuff. But the skateboards obviously were like all the radical graphics and everything, so that was sort of really the most impressive thing when you walked in as a a kid that's Uh kind of you know, it was exciting stuff to look at, so that's, and I'd already got psyched on skating, but the first big break I'm going way back it's like the fact that that shop opened up was a break, because that like opened up your imagination to the possibilities of oh, there's a bigger world out there in this thing called skateboarding and then uh, got a little bit you know, I've got Decent at skating when I was young, for whatever reasons go into, and then uh, start you know got kinda sponsored by this other store that opened up Freedom Sports that was more of the like skate, snow like board sports mm-hmm. um, store, and I think Jamie Blair that ran Clan Skates in in, uh, in Glasgow he came up to visit and um, we skated together we made a little we made a little video for a local video magazine from the UK at the time. God, I was about 16, 17 or something, like late t- end of high school kind of time um or secondary school as we say. We might do this like UK, North America terminology s- switch a bit here. <laughs> but um he came up and you know, we made that. In fact, maybe it was before that we went snowboarding together and I didn't really I didn't have a snowboarding jacket. I just had like a hoodie and a and I told we're snowboarding down together. And I told he was like, "Where's your jacket?" And I was like, "I don't have one." He was like, "Oh, I'll give you a jacket," because he ran the store in Glasgow, and it was a surf skate kind of surf skate snow store too. So right. he started hooking me up, and then I moved to Glasgow and worked for him on Saturdays in the store. And um, you know, he flow me product, and then got that flow. He got that flow hooked up through the distributor of like the distributor of Giant products at the time, which was called New Deal UK. It was actually. A, i think started up by steve douglas and and a couple of others and uh ray and gary that ran um ran that and mark ball and gunner and them that worked down there started just flowing a couple of boards and some shoes and stuff Sick. from that so it just kind of like evolve one thing after another little thing is at first but mm-hmm. the fact the store opened up in aberdeen was a big one like having that access to that and seeing it yeah um helps your imagination different i think now because it's just like all types of access points for kids to see the stuff social media has opened that up a bit social media the internet all of that's opened up we didn't really have that at the time so that was like really the the place the shop yeah and then one thing after another I'm rambling but that was kind of the initial the
2: word of mouth era
3: way into it and then we're, moving to Glasgow, moving to glasgow i met colin kennedy and that crew and colin was on panic at the time which was a Brand run out of phase seven down in London, the other distributor, and then you know I got on that and started going down to London, and we developed. McGee um, R- was developing Blueprint at the time, and like had a, you know, an artistic point of view about how to to build that into a little brand. So got on Blueprint when we kind of re- revamped that up, or when that team v- revamped that up. So that's that was the sort of that was the sort of like
0: chain of events.
3: Chain, chain, yeah, chain of events, exactly.
2: Nice. So can you tell us about your first trip to the States? Uh, was that the same trip that you filmed your four one one rookies, or was that a different time?
3: That was the first major trip to the States to, to go skating, yeah. So I'd been with my parents to the East Coast. They had friends just outside of Boston we went to stay with, and we went like down to Rhode Island, and went to Water Brothers Skate Shop, and then went to Skate Maximus Skate Park in Boston when that was still there, um, but didn't really get to go and like, skate, skate. You know, and hang out and meet people. Met mm-hmm. a couple of people at the skate park. That was cool. But yeah, that first trip, big trip, we did. Like I'd finished university, had a bit of savings left over, and used that to to do a a month long trip to the states. We started in actually Vancouver, BC, where in like my third third I think year or fourth year of university, Chris Spanos and Jeff Crombie. That was who came over to visit were on a mission just in glasgow and they, i just was walking over to my buddy gary's house to watch the new element video or something and they were in calvin grove park at like sunset it was about to get dark and they have big backpacks and they were skating in this fountain that we never skate because it's kind of hard to skate and i was like what are these guys doing why are they skating the fountain why do they have big backpacks <laughs> and they were like canadian <laughs> And they were like, "Yeah, we're just going to sleep under that bridge. They were going to sleep under the M eight, <laughs> under the M eight motorway, like the Central Belt motorway, in the middle of Glasgow at night." And I was like, "Don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go watch the Element video. You want? You know, you want to come do that?" And then I kind of helped give them a um, room to stay in, and like some contacts in the skate scene to 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 get with as they were on their their trip around Scotland. But we went and like sort of. It was like an exchange. We went and kind of hung out with them and that crew for a few for a few weeks, and bought a van, and we all like went up to Banff, Canada, and skated a lot of the skate parks around oh, Vancouver. And then and then road trip down to San Francisco. It was we were sleeping rough too. Actually, we probably slept under motorways in Seattle and stuff. So yeah. Same idea. Yeah, that was a trip. Got down to SF, and then hung out with you uh, and Bowman a little bit. He was sort of working at Noah's Bagels and filming for 411. Encouraged <laughs> and encouraged me to start filming some stuff. So with him and Anthony Claraval, we we start putting together a 411 rookies.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah, I remember a couple of Vancouver clips in there at the post office. Switch 180 over the rail in a line.
3: Yeah, the like nine-stair rail and or the two sets of stairs. Yeah, yeah. That, that whole spot got taken out now, but... Even, even when I was there, Van- downtown Vancouver was like tough to skate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, security and the things were already stopped and stuff like that, so...
0: So... It's a little bit different now. It seems like you can be pretty successful in skating anywhere in the world. But how important was California to the to the skate scene when you were coming up?
3: It seemed to it seemed to be pretty important. I think because I think things have like kaleidoscoped out from California a little bit because of the rise of like all we've got with information technology, proliferation of like you know access to filming equipment and kids coming up and be, you know getting good at filming all over the place. And then being able to share that stuff broadly over the internet has helped. But yeah, California, because there was a lack of that, it it felt like you needed to be a bit more closer to it and closer to the industry, as you know, you call it, to be getting things done and being productive on the regular. And I was encouraged to to move out there by um, by sponsors. So
4: mm-hmm.
3: that was a hard decision, though. It's tough to move like thousands of miles away from your family and friends and start anew, and then you know you don't know what's going to happen honestly every, every still 20 years later i i still i'm like less so now that i have a kid but f- it would be like well we'll probably move home in 2 years yeah. we'll probably move home. and then 2 years later well we'll probably move home in 2 years yeah and then 20 years goes by <laughs> so i don't know if that i don't i can't even remember what your question was
0: <laughs> yeah it was just like the importance of
3: of california, california
0: and like how it the I don't know. Skateboarding doesn't rely on California as much as it used to.
3: Not as much. I think and that's a, I think that's a healthy thing. What we did with Blueprint actually was probably one of the, you know, a, a good sort of example of of the beginnings of international as we'd call it from North America point of view, you, you know, expansion of skateboarding. Mhm. And you know, and that was to do with, you know, Dan had access to like Mac and editing software and was really good at that and then the VX1000 came along and that was like a really sort of good quality sort of accessible piece of equipment that we could all start using so it wasn't just people with big budgets and you know turning over a bunch of inventory and running a business a big business that could could do it anymore there was like it was more accessible could do out your garage kind of thing
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so back to your rookies part for a second last trick insane banger at the time uh front nose blunt clipper can you take us behind the scenes on that session
3: let me think i'd been on that road trip i talked about with with my friends after after university finished from there i went down to san diego to meet up with shire and colin and burlow at the time because burlow had a, a blueprint set up at the action sports retail trade show at the time it was funny he got shire and colin and me filling in sales forms for the for the clients that he was trying to get to carry the brand so we were like double duty pro skaters and <laughs> sales associates it's funny nice. that's that's how it went down that's how we were doing it but there i was i'd be into sf and i'd gone to clipper with like Stabo or somebody like that had taken us there i think we saw it in the thrasher that came out at the time because Stabo maybe had a an indie ad front boarding it my memory does not fail me and was like oh, sounds about that? right where's that? That looks cool. And we went and checked it out and I skated it for a while and like lip slid it like a lot, a few times and got the feel for it and was like, Oh, this thing's really good. It was pretty rounded though. Mm-hmm. But then at the trade show, I was sitting talking to Shire and I was like, Oh, I think I could, uh, I think I could nose blunt like that thing. And he was like, yeah, right, mate. <laughs> 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 and I was like, no, I think I could because a because a nose blunt slide is just like a lip slide, except you just have to go a bit, a little bit higher and be a little more accurate. And he was like, all right, if you, you know, I, he was like, I'll believe it when I see it, mate. <laughs> but I was pretty sure, like, no, it's just, a, it's just a lip slide, but you go a little bit higher and it's a little bit, you'd be a little bit more accurate with your front foot. And so, yeah, I went back with Dustin Dolan and Anthony Claraval and um, was claiming it. I think I claimed it, which is hard. Yeah. Um, which is tough when you say it, and then it's like, oh fuck. Oh I yeah. I'm gonna go and try this shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I felt reasonably confident, and just that, like I said, that ledge was felt to me fairly straightforward to skate. It was like big and chunky, like you can't miss it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's reasonably steep, so you don't actually have to have that massive pop to get onto it. You just go, re- mm-hmm. you just sort of fast, and then you're out, and it's low to get onto once you're. Once you're going a little, you got a little bit of speed and uh, yeah, it just took a, it took like, God, I can't remember how many tries, like 20 tries or something, but locked in most times. And then it's like, you know, nose blunt slide as well. You can like get your front foot on and then if you're not feeling it, you can kind of just run forward out of it
4: Mm -hmm. and it's a big
3: wide ledge. So you're pretty good. You're pretty solid. So yeah. just try did that until I got it sliding. And then as soon as you get it sliding, you just need to get that one, like a few tries later, where you're like centered on it and you're you're in. And then it's like just a natural motion to pop out. That was it, that was it. And then Dustin had stood up on the vending machine that was there and got a long lens from the top. Anthony was on Fisheye on the stairs. And yeah, we got that. I think Gabe Morford came along and shot a picture that was was used in one of the mags. Slap, I think. Hell yeah,
2: man. That was probably one of the gnarliest nose blends done at the time, and pushing the envelope for the culture.
3: Yeah, you don't really think of it that way at the time. You just you're kind of like, who did what's been done here, and then what hasn't mm-hmm. been done? It's like, okay, well, lip slide's being done. I think Reese lip slid it. It was like I was just lip sliding it for fun at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you have to you have to come up with something new. So yeah, that's yeah, what you it's what you do. So sick.
0: You talked about riding for Blueprint, and then eventually you turned pro for them. But after Blueprint, you left for Zero. What was behind that decision, and how did you link up with the Zero guys?
3: Through Circa Footwear, really, because I'd you know, filmed that rookie's profile, gone to ASR Trade Show. that um, got sort of some – you get some recognition off of that, and then Jamie was – trying to build the zero team let's think yeah jamie at this next action sports retail trade show we went back to a few months later came and you know introduced himself and said hi and talked about it was i think i think he i don't know if he did this or not so don't quote me exactly on this my memory might be wrong but he came and sat down at the blueprint booth and i can't remember if right there sitting at the booth he just straight up asked me to write for zero i don't think it went down like that but knowing Jamie, it might have. <laughs> I don't know. He might have just been that bold. It'd be, like, right in front of everyone from Blueprint, like, come ride for zero. <laughs> but I, I don't think it went down like that. I, I don't think it did. I think I can just imagine him saying that. It would be funny because he's just funny like that. But he introduced himself. I think he was more talking about getting on Circa at the time, actually, and uh, mm. coming out to California or coming or staying on longer and, like, filming some more stuff. And he was very much talking about, the like, you know, the 4 and one part was great, you know, but you know, a few months from now, you know, it's going to be his- history, things turn fast, you know, stay out <laughs> here, start working on stuff, you know, he's, he was like into it, for the work, you know, working at it, he's a, he's, yeah. he's, he's a workhorse type of dude and, which I respect. But yeah, that's where it starts, Circa, so I got then, I went back to the UK I was actually, ended up pretty depressed for a while and holed up at my mum's house for a bit dealing with like some mental health issues then, but Got through that, and then, you know, Mirko Mangum came to visit, to visit the Circa distributors. And they all came up to visit, and, like, he personally asked me to ride for Circa. Um, So I got on Circa, but Flow, you know, at first, because it was like, mm-hmm. uh, Flow, see how it goes, you know, and then we'll figure it out. But, yeah, that's where that started, and so I then went on some tours and stuff with, with that team and I ended up, like, thinking through, you know... What do I want to do? Lived in Barcelona for a summer. You know, university was over and I had to make decisions about what to do with the rest of life. Well, not the rest of life, but that's what it feels like at the time.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: Partly why I was depressed, I realized later. Big life crossroads when you finish college or leave school, or you know, big moment like that. I didn't know what I was trying to do with life, but ended up, let's think, had been on, yeah, I was on Circa, had gone on a video radio tour at some point. And Jamie asked me to ride for zero then, so at that, that point I was like he'd been, they'd been like trying to get me to ride for zero for months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd been like I'd been like I live in the UK, blueprints my my homies like yeah, it's test tough, the crew. So that's kind of how it went down. And then Jamie asked me like he was like last time you know, let you know you want to ride for it or not? I'll move on if not. And I was like ah, oh, fuck okay. <laughs> And I think partly as well, I'd been to Slam City Jam. Again, we went back to Vancouver. I'd been to Slam City Jam at some point and saw Adrian Lopez there. I've always loved Adrian. He was just, even he was like, when are you going to ride for zero? And that's when it oh, kind of clicked. Yeah. That's when it clicked. That like, oh, the team actually is into this. Not just yeah, Jamie great. being, you know, trying to push something. It was like, the team's into this. And, like, you think, if you think, like, you could argue on, like, style-wise, aesthetics-wise, like, oh, Rattray, he doesn't fit on... Zero or whatever, but I didn't really care. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> be, because I was also like, one. It's like they don't need another like pure rail chomper; they've got that mm-hmm. covered. <laughs> so they want somebody that brings another different point of view to run mm-hmm. you know, to build the team, not to just add more of the same. So that was the that was where I was like, oh, okay, I'll go for it.
2: Uh, well, dying to live was like I think, or misled youth maybe was your first one, Donald. But dying to live was like my first big zero video that i watched on repeat misled youth came out before a bit before i started skating uh so you always fit perfectly on zero in my mind
3: oh yeah i mean that's rad to hear and i thought too because i was like well you know all all it took was getting like a if you want to get weird about it getting like a a brown leather bomber jacket so at least there was some leather but it was like more you know it wasn't like biker leather like that sort of full you know metal vibe it was more of a classic rock vibe (laughs) Have you heard about Skate
0: Hogwarts, a.k.a. Bregariets Gymnasium, the Skate High School in Malmö, Sweden, with former students such as Oski, Heitor de Silva, Ville Wester, and Nando? In one week, CHPO will be releasing a pair of sunglasses designed by this year's senior class. So if you are in need of a new pair of hater blockers, we suggest you wait until next week when what could be the greatest sunglasses known to all of mankind will be released chpo brand, doing it for the students
2: can you tell us a bit about the dying to live era one of the most legendary full-length zero videos especially important to me and dono seeing as we were young bucks at the time one of our favorites growing up what was it like filming for that video
3: Wait, how old were you guys at the time then when dying to live if dying to live came out in what oh two or something like that
0: was it oh two or one maybe i've been like 17 18 probably yeah it
2: was the first vhs my mom bought me like i'd seen a bunch of skate videos before then but like it was the first one that she got it for me for christmas and yeah just had that on loop so i probably would have been 13 or something oh wow okay 14 i don't know
3: it might be no one i know that i was sleeping on a couch at chad foreman's place who was the general manager of black box distribution at the time in carlsbad california on september 11th so that was when we were that was when we were mid-filming
0: it was 2002 it came
2: out it
3: came out in 2002 yeah 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 okay because because september 11th was 01, right
2: okay so then i was i was 14 donald you would have been 15 yeah, right in the prime of like being obsessed with videos and yeah. watching them a thousand times in a row.
3: So oh one, I was in California and that, yeah, September 11th happened. And we were, um, I think the, the, that, tra- that same trade show had been on as well because some of the UK distributor crew was there. And so we were all like watching the news at the time and we were going to go on a trip to San Francisco. And then I was going to go with Jamie and a van up to San Francisco to do a bit more filming for Dying to Live. And then I was going to fly home and then that happened and flights were grounded and and all that. So yeah, we kept we kept filming. I think from there I went home and then was trying to live in Aberdeen at my mum's house with my girlfriend, which she was just like very quickly over this what are we doing with our lives. And I sort of panicked and was like, "Well, we could go to Barcelona for a few months." 'Cause I you know, I was making a little bit of an income from having sponsors and stuff. So, you know, you, you could you could actually work remote to a certain extent. So I did at first. You know, it spent I spent a year or so still in Europe on zero and went and lived in Barcelona in a at the time it was like it wasn't Airbnb, it was whatever types of like short term rental thing you could get on the dial up internet or whatever it was at the time, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we got a little apartment, a couple of apartments, so moved one to the other and stayed for a few months in the summer and it was, like, awesome. Oh, you know, early 2000s Barcelona, Macbo ledges were still fresh, and the scene was just pretty rad, and got to know a few of the locals and scoped out a few spots there. And then Jamie and the team came in for, like, a two-week filming stint, and it was, like, I had my list. Like, we're going here, 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 here. I've been scoping this city for weeks. Sick. So,
5: uh,
3: yeah. yeah, we just kind of, like, hammered out a chunk of stuff in Barcelona. For a for dying to live. But before that, I'd gone on a demo, like, filming trip. So after that circuit tour, when I sort of said to Dan and the team, of leaving Blueprint, I'm going to do this zero thing. They had a filming slash demo trip. You would never do one or the other at the time with Jamie. You'd, you know, <laughs> maximi- ma- maximize their use of time. And, like, you yeah. know, he was all about he was all about being efficient with everything to quite a high level that we do. <laughs> 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 it didn't 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 rub any everyone the right way along the way, but I was into. It. I was like, cool. I'm in my early twenties. I'm on the f- road with all these gnarly skaters. We're like exploring the United States, going to crazy skate spots in Nashville and like
1: mm-hmm. you know
3: wherever else we we went across the states. That was the first filming trip, filming slash demo trip. It'd have been like Mumford and Beaubier was there. Lee Dupont filming. Um, Atiba was there with us for some of it train wreck and Jay thorpe were there to him that's so it's a bit of a blur that whole time so it was quite a long time ago now i'd have to go back and look at pictures or something like that and reminisce but yeah that was the first filming trip got a few things done on that if you watch if you think about that part there's like stuff from across the states there's this big black steep handrails that are up in i think um well they're up in northern upstate new york in, I don't know, or maybe it's Massachusetts, Springfield? No, those are different places. Anyway, up there somewhere, and then, you know, there's different spots across the country. We did an SF trip, so there's the spots in Alameda, across the bridge there. Um, Some bits and pieces in California, I think, and then a chunk of it in Barcelona. So I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, Lidopont filmed quite a lot of it, and it was basically built out of that across the United States filming demo trip, and then an sf trip or two oh i guess a, there was a vancouver piece too because we must have gone up there because there was that port coquitlam steelfish over the hit as well so there was definitely some sort of a vancouver bc trip that we did yeah that was it
2: sometimes when you think of barcelona you just think of like the tech a really tech city you know a lot of tech skaters but back then the way that barcelona was incorporated into dying to live you guys somehow found like all the the big rails and the big four it just like (laughs) it fit in so perfectly into a zero video back then
3: yeah i mean that's because i rode bicycle and skated around with like a bunch of local alex castaneda was a, a rad dude that helped us kind of like not help yeah helped and like we would skate together and go on go on little missions outside of just sand station and parallel and magba we would like take the train around and go and Check mm-hmm. out different neighbourhoods and stuff. So. Which was probably inspired, honestly, as well by the ethos of Mike Manzuri in London. He was all for, like, just getting on the underground and going to the end of a line somewhere and pushing around and looking for cutty spots or, like...
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Not always cutty spots, sometimes just epic spots. And in Barcelona, you could go to all the different neighbourhoods, you know, skate for five minutes and be like, holy shit, look at this. Yeah. And then, like perfect Andrail or perfect sort of four block and there's plazas you know all the little neighborhoods are set up with different plazas and public spaces that are you mm-hmm. know architecturally pretty architecturally pretty rad to skate um, a lot of the time mm-hmm.
2: so you mentioned it before but you were on the circa team did some tours with them during basically the super team era of circa uh, how big of a celebrity was chad muska in those days and rolling around with him
3: Muska was just... Yeah, Muska was a, a celebrity for sure. He had, the, he had the personality for it too. He was, he was good at it. And like, couldn't miss the Muska, you know, when the demo started. <laughs> him, and Jay, him and Jamie on Circa were an interesting, like, you know, dichotomy of ideas within skateboarding to kind of have fun with. Yeah, big crowds at those demos. London PlayStation 1 was, was rad. I think the one that sticks in my head, I think we were in Stuttgart, Germany, and there was like a full... I don't know if Chad was going to sort of throw some free boards and t-shirts or something out, but the crowd, the kids just started chasing him. And I think he got boots (laughs) and started running away. And there was just this sort of like, what's the Beatles movie where they're all running away from the crowd, like Hard Day's Night or whatever it is. It was like that. It was like crowds of kids just trying trying to catch Muska. It was funny.
0: How did the two personalities of Muska and JT interact on that trip or like during that time?
3: good i mean muska and jamie are homies from skating san diego and stuff from back in the day and like they'd feed off each other because they both are down to tend to jump on some big stuff so mm-hmm. yeah they're rad right together
2: yeah you you mentioned the video radio trip me and donald just rewatched that video in the last week it just seemed absolutely insane i think you just mentioned was that the demo that they covered in there or, uh, yeah,
3: yeah, that that was in there for sure, and that that trip it was um, I think John Holland and Greg Hunt were kind of it was a transworld production, so those two were kind of heading up filming. I remember one thing that happened at the end. We were all I think in Heathrow Airport because that was the hub. We kind of all landed into different people were flying to different places. I can't. I think I think after that I stayed in the UK and maybe flew back up to Scotland or something, but. Oh, I did actually, because I I was going to go and stay at Dan's house, and I went instead and stayed at Oliver Barton's house because I didn't, because I knew I was going to quit Blueprint. So there was that. But John, I think it was John Holland's VX1000 archive of tapes from the trip, he had put into maybe a, a shoebox, and it was sitting on his push cart in the airport, and he turned around to say bye to Greg or whoever it was. And it got swiped. No. Somebody, oh. Who I think thought that they were stealing a pair of Clark's shoes or something. Yeah. Or whatever, oh. whatever, he had, whatever he had bought on his trip in on his time in London or wherever we were, had been to, and he got a second to go and hit some shops or whatever. Damn. But yeah, well, they had to. So that's why, if you think about, like we're skating that London Bridge tent there in London, mm-hmm. London the London Bridge tent in London, <laughs> and uh, Jamie and I skate it, and I no, I think I, nolly, I backside flip it and then gnarly flip it and the fisheye it clicks to ryan g's sequence instead of the video footage that's because that tape that's because that tape got stolen oh Oh my
0: god that's crazy
3: yeah that's a fun a fun little fun (laughs) fact
2: (laughs) i was just gonna ask was there any other than that one was there any other like epic tricks that never saw the light of day that disappeared with the robber do
3: yeah i don't i can't think on that one um That was a while ago. There was another trip that we were doing. Zero was doing a cross-Canada demo trip. And it was, at that point, digital, you know, had come up. So it was more, it was not VX1000 anymore. We were on to, like, the Panasonic HVX with the capture card. And, you know, you had to, like, upload your clips onto a hard drive and back them up. You'd back them up in a couple of places. Mm -hmm. And we were, like, way into that tour, and I will not say who, but someone, but someone unplugged Lanny's hard drive from his laptop as the camera was like up, like oh transferring, no, far. and the whole card was wiped from it. Fuck! There was some gnarly tricks that went down that were just gone.
2: Damn! We were at the Toronto stop of that demo. If it's the same tour, I'm, I'm thinking about. Damn.
3: Yeah, I wonder if i was skating at that there was it might have been the next canada trip that we did where i like was not in good state of mind and like smashed my wrist into three places at that skate park in winnipeg and then flew home
2: oh shit but Hmm. anyways Yeah. yeah, yeah that sucks when if you remember any of the tricks that went down that disappeared let us know but yeah
0: that's insane. That's the worst. That's like the worst on both ends, like to lose something so like you can't replace. And then the robber just thinking he was getting shoes and like ends up with a bunch of fucking tapes that are so useless to him.
3: Yeah, who knows where those went. It might have just got dumped yeah. in the river. Or in something. the trash for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah fuck. Oh. Yeah. oh, man. So why did your time at Circa ultimately come to an end?
3: I mean, probably if I think back the need to pay bills, like we were talking about when we, I don't know if we we're, re- were recording then, but like things ultimately come down to like, I need to pay the rent, I need to pay the utilities, I need to buy food. Like that's kind of what everything comes down to. So mm-hmm. I was in Barcelona at the time and really it was Circa had, had got me on like a flow kind of deal with a flow level rate and Xavier offered like a proper deal where it's like hey you can fully pay your rent with this and you know have Damn. some left over and it was like now i talked to jamie like hey is circa gonna do anything like are we gonna move to the next level like get me on and dying to Live had not quite come out yet and they were like biding their time so it was like all right i have a deal on the table I I need to leave circa if you're not going to move right now and they were like okay sorry thanks so, damn i mean in a nice it was all like nice enough it's just hey i got a rent to pay there's this deal can you guys match it right now oh okay
0: gotta go fuck damn you
3: know that's what we're saying like and savior i was so that that brand was sick so it's like all right team's sick ryan and brad and, and um tim was good, so I was like psyched to get to be a part of that for the short time it, it was around.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, Circa probably regretted that that decision though as soon as they heard your song come on and dying to live.
3: <laughs> Maybe, yeah, that could go that that could go either way. I don't know. That,
2: <laughs> that. that was a classic that, combo. That,
3: that's, You could, you know, that could go either way. If you ask me, if you ask me, if I was sort of psyched on that. Um, It was an interesting choice. It was Skin Phillips' idea actually, to to use the Five Hundred Miles song. It's fun, it's rad, so it's fine.
2: You didn't love it, man. I mean obviously for us
3: It's just a it's just like a Scottish sort of like pop rock, you know, it's it's fun. So I'm like, okay, I'm all for fun, but at the same time (laughs) it's like I'm also quite I'm also sort of even though I joke a lot, I never joke about things without there being a level of seriousness to it as well. And so, I don't know, I just couldn't come up with anything to counter that idea. Because <laughs> I, was, I was stuck on trying to do something from, you know, music from Scotland for some reason, as, you know, you could have gone with the entire UK, I could have been like, I'm actually British, so I have, you know, the Manchester music scene, the Stone Roses, you know, the Rolling you know, there's all types of stuff that you, you just mm-hmm. wanted to go mm-hmm. there. Or you could just be like, fuck it, it's a round world, I'll ch- take music from anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... That was that, but yeah. Um,
2: Sometimes that is yeah, annoying I mean, when, pe- when like a song is chosen for like such obvious reasons, where you're like, all right, like,
3: yeah. Know. Nobody else probably really point, no is bothered by it, but oh, I loved you know, it. I didn't even
2: make that connection. Yeah,
3: people do, and so over over the years, when it's like people love it, I'm like, all right. Well, if if people love it, then I guess yeah. I love it. I'll, I guess I'll just love it too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you made the move from Encinitas to Portland and transitioned from the pro skate life to the work dad life. How hard of a transition was that for you?
3: Um, that's a really hard transition to go through. Um, if you haven't like properly planned for it, which I don't know who does. I think some people <laughs> maybe do. But you know you tend to live short term and short in the moment quite a lot. So, yeah, there was a few things that went down later in my career. I had my second ACL tear and sort of had to rehab that. As that was happening, my sister was going through some really sort of worse than we knew mental health problems. And um, that ended poorly. She died by suicide. And then, oh, fuck. Uh, I went on that tour in Canada with Zero when I got back from dealing with that and... It was a little while after that still but grieving from something like that takes y- your whole life. You know, it takes years to to get through something like that for for me anyway it did. You know, it gets better reasonably quickly but you it's it's like waves of yeah, of dealing with it over the years. Um and I still I still deal with it. But the um that trip i was just not really in a good state i felt older like i hadn't rehabbed the second one or it's not that i hadn't rehabbed my knee as well i just didn't come back as strong as i had after my first reconstruction honestly after my first acl i came back feeling like stronger than ever i was late 20s still good and was like working out which i didn't do before because you do physiotherapy and all that for rehabbing Mm -hmm. something like that and you're like oh wow if you regularly work your body and like tone your muscles and do some conditioning you can skate better <laughs> like mm-hmm. any like other in other sports they do that, and I'm like, oh shit okay that's this is a good idea. I should keep doing this but the the second one I was just like that all that happened at the same time i can't, I can't remember what was happening with the economy and all that, but you know a bunch of my sponsors restructured, you know killed their marketing budgets, got rid of teams and stuff like that, so for me, I'd had like zero. S and Elwood and Thunder that was kind of the lineup and I was like that's a pretty dope like lineup I'm pretty psyched with that and Elwood changed their their deal and we you know the team was gone and S had to can that for a while because of whatever was going on there zero had to scale back so I just couldn't afford to live in California anymore it's like I'm priced out and I'm not going to go at early 30s chasing another bunch of sponsors and yeah, show up at show up at the Tampa Pro Best Trick contest at 35, like, <laughs> trying to trying to do that with Shane O'Neill. Like I was like, no, it's like it's time to you know it's time to like figure out the next thing. Which, I mean, luckily I had a college degree. I'd always kind of kept you know going with like extracurricular things, like working for the mags, doing editorial, and I mean, I organized my own you know filming trips and stuff and all that, and managed my own affairs with the you know the small business that was the ratry pro career so i'd like paid attention and felt like i could do something but was priced out of california and um i'll oh, backtrack the canada trip which was kind of the end that stuff had all happened i was in winnipeg just like tripping out still grieving from what had happened to my sister and trying to skate in the midst of it while feeling old and all the other dudes were like crushing a set of stairs or a hand drill over there. I was trying to skate some quarter pipe over in the, the back and just was not in the right mind state and just, like, try to kickflip fakie, the old classic demo one, demo move, which people like. And I was just got in the front seat and smashed my wrist to pieces and was just, like, went to the emergency room. They put me on morphine. And I was just like, I am done with being a pro skateboarder. This is it. So... Damn. I didn't know I meant that so much at that time because I was like on morphine, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but going back and then like dealing with it and getting through that a little bit better for, in, you know, living back down in California for a while, it kind of became apparent to me. I'm just like, I just kind of like did the bare minimum, not did the bare minimum, but like just did what I wanted to do and got into sort of video production and, you know, doing some extracurricular stuff. I actually studied biology at the community college there because I thought maybe I'd go and become a physiotherapist because I always quite liked the, the vibe of, you know, rehab, rehabbing sports injuries. So I was, like, exploring stuff. I studied HTML and CSS at the local college, too, because I thought, you know, with the webs you know, the internet, mm-hmm. maybe that's the thing. So, you know, I was just exploring all that and then got priced out because of everything we talked about. My buddy in Portland runs a tattoo shop here and is also, a, like, really rad artist um, and you know, Brad smart person called me up and he was like, hey, the house that we have here is available. We're going to be living in San Francisco for a few months for like, you know, his um, wife had an artist residency and he was going to do some sort of, um, some tattoo stuff there. So we were like, okay, Portland. We chucked everything in the U-Haul plus the cat, packed up Encinitas, said, see you later. It was nice while it lasted and drove north for a couple of days. Got to Portland, Philippa got pregnant and we had a kid. I was working remote for um, New Balance, helping them set up the team, helping Seb set up the team and um, organize their first couple of um, sort of seasonal filming trips to to get content together. And then um, Nike SB reached out and they needed somebody to work in their digital marketing sort of stuff. So got into that. And done various things. at nike and the brand and business since it's been pretty interesting um so that's kind of where i work in the office now um,
2: sick sick smooth transition man
3: it wasn't that smooth it was an emotional <laughs> an emotional roller coaster and i ended up like at one point back on antidepressants and like to the point of like suicidal ideation so let's oh. go and get this sorted out and you know i had to work through stuff and Finally, got diagnosed with depression at that point, where it was like that was the first time a sort of a medical professional said this is the thing that it is. He ran me through a sort of a series of questions that they use to assess your your mental state when you present with a mental health challenge or crisis, and he was like, "Oh, you, are, you know, this seven out of eight of these questions, you know, about being depressed. This is what it is." So I started researching that and learned to kind of like. Learned a lot about how it works, and you know how your neurobiology kind of like works, and how you respond to the world based on you know adverse childhood experiences you may have had when your brain was developing. Wow! So I've been reading a lot of a lot about that over the last little while, while you know just working, paying the bills, and 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 trying to keep keep learning. And that was the transition from California to Portland and skate to skate to work.
0: Wow!
3: That's huge. skateboarding, skateboarding, being a pro skateboarder for me was like constant work we were i was i always had a project and was always every single day working on yeah how can i get how can i get something done
2: mm-hmm. yeah you had a laundry list of video parts man you actually founded the sad plant campaign against depression and suicide when did that come about in that kind of last little chunk of time you mentioned
3: yeah i'm trying to keep that going this summer that came about um let me think probably in 2017 After, like, I'd had another stint of, like, when I got diagnosed depression that last time I was talking about. That was a few years ago now. But after that, I'd wanted to do something to kind of raise awareness about, well, suicide prevention and mental health anyway because of what happened to my sister. My cousin had started working at the Scottish Association of Mental Health. So that was a natural connection to some sort of professional um, information and education about what's going on in that space. So um, between that, him and... um, you know, just reading around the subject, kind of started to learn about it. And at that time, talking about the rise of like the internet and social media and applications and different platforms for doing things, there was you know just giving and these different fun. You know, GoFundMe started to be proliferate around the internet. So you had these like, there was just a, a simple, easy, packaged up way to do fundraising campaigns. So started with that, you know, and raised a bit of money. But it became more than raising money for like like raising a thousand dollars for charity it became more about like you know writing about the subject and sort of hopefully pointing people to the fact that you can learn about this and it's manageable right so that's that's been that ended the idea of the sad plan is more about like just having fun with words and having a, a sort of like shared code to get into this conversation a symbol for the com the conversation mm-hmm. the idea of why so sad being like you know it's it's a sounds flippant but then it's like quite a serious question if you take it seriously it's like about introspection and it's about asking each other why is this happening what you know it's like what happened to you in your life that has caused your brain to respond this way because there are patterns you know everyone's different but these problems are not random like so that's what i've learned over the years and there's lots of good stuff you can read and learn about it so yeah that's been that it's been it can be emotionally taxing to do it as well because it's a, it's a heavy, it's a tough subject to get into. Sure. But I think that there's there's like light-hearted ways to get into it, and if you're like well-regulated emotionally, you can like think through it and like learn quite a lot of in, of, in, of valuable things. So that's my ra- that's my rambling way of kind of describing the, the the thought process so far. But
2: yeah, I remember we did a, we did a read for it one week. It's inspiring. So keep that up, man, for sure.
3: Oh, rad. Okay yeah for sure um, i'm trying my best
2: yo 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 it's rapid fire with the ghost and this week we brought to you by the one and only thunder trucks you know our boy wade disarmo rides them and that's about all you need to know. Wade rocks the 147 all polished hollow lights with eight inch extra strong hollow axles and premium grade hollow kingpins. How else do you think he pulls off his technical genius with flawless style? Thunder's got him in every size. From 145, 7.62 inch axles if you're reliving the 90s all the way up to 161 with a 9.125 inch for the widest ride. You know all the best shops got them. Hit them up and tell them the bunt sent you. Favorite skater? Cardiel. Favorite video?
3: one flew over the cuckoo's nest.
2: <laughs> A favorite video part?
3: Growing up, I liked Eastern Exposure 3. That really got us going.
2: Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate?
3: I liked Sean Sheffey when I was growing up. I liked Sick. Cardiel
2: most talented skateboarder on planet earth
3: don't know maybe it it might be a shod yeah i don't know what do you think can't go wrong pretty close yeah favorite trick just a shifty ollie or a 360 flip sick pretty standard you know
2: hardest trick for you
3: probably nollie front board down a handrail it was one i always (laughs) loved it because because apple yard did them so sick yeah and I wanted to do that. It's like, it's, like watching, it's like watching Shane as well. It's like, oh, man, how does he do all that stuff so smooth? And I'm like, I want to do that, but I just can't. Damn, so you just yeah. have to accept. At some point, you have to accept it. I remember at a contest in Copenhagen, Danny Serres, you need a nolly flip front board in the best trick contest. Ooh, and, oh. and I was like, that is the best trick. <laughs> That's it. It was people that maybe did sort of technically harder tricks, but that, yeah. doesn't, make, that doesn't make them the best.
2: Yeah. <laughs> jamie fortune did it on a street rail too
3: oh he did no way Yeah,
2: back in the day in digital sane wow most illegal trick
3: i don't like to to have that i think anything goes these days just have fun most illegal thing would be doing something if you're not having fun i don't know (laughs) love that
2: favorite clip you've ever gotten
3: i actually do like the 360 flip over that like bank to bank at the end of the dying to live section there's that because that was really hard to do because they were like little steep short banks Mm -hmm. you had to go really fast and it was a fairly big gap for three flipping over you had to get the three flip all the way around that one's good and then I like I think I posted it not that long ago because I was psyched on it I did a backside 548 at the Claremont vert ramp and and then I back to back to in the edit with like a back nose grind revert and fakey 5 or fakey flip out so it was like a reasonably tech ledge line and then a 540 on (laughs) ver oh
2: yeah i saw that
3: back to back i was like those clips together that that combo i was like done being able to get to that level sick
2: what's the worst trend you've been a part of
3: probably drinking too much beer to the point where you're like (laughs) you know drunk and then wake up with a hangover that's a bad trend
2: (laughs) yeah i I hate that trend
3: So bad trend bad trend
2: (laughs) gnarliest trick you've
3: ever witnessed it's probably something by Tommy Sandoval. It might have been at Muirlands, this spot in San Diego, that there was two rails. <laughs> but really, I always thought there was just one rail because it was like, I can't remember. It's like a 16. It's a long 16. Maybe it's not 16. Jamie will probably be like, what's he talking about? It's a <laughs> 14. <laughs> but it's like, it's a, it's a decent long rail that they would skate. And I'd be like, wow, it's high. It's kind of high to get onto, I think, as well. So I never really, I never skated it. But up the back, <laughs> there's a twenty-one that's really steep. And so it was like I would look at that like, oh, that's not that's not a rail. That's <laughs> the, well that is a handrail that you use to go up and down the stairs walking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Tommy was like, No, I want to skate the other rail, and I was like, The other rail? What's he talking about? Went there and he was like, two tries, back fifty it. Oh. <laughs> I think that was maybe the gnarliest thing I'd seen in real life. Just like he just handled shit. So Damn. that that one right there. What's the one trick that got away? Mm, there's two 50-50 in, on this, like, rail in Barcelona. To, like, didn't get on right, jumped off early, tore the ligaments in my ankle, oh. filming, for dying, to was, was, filming to, that for dying to live was done. And then uh, tried to gap out off this, like, second-story apartment building stair set. And, like, tail broke, did the splits, tore his yell. Oh. Never went never went back but we used both of the images to fit the pictures for ads because i was like <laughs> laid up somehow with the torn some sort of torn soft tissue problem so it was like i can't i can't get another image for the ad so yeah. you know is a slam is a slam as good as a make in this case
2: <laughs> damn what's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed
3: i feel like jamie has done some bunts <laughs> and taken us to like Ooh. take us old all to spots. There was this big, massive, actually, it's fair. This is tough stuff to skate, but it was this big, massive, long rail again in Barcelona. And we all went, it's like far out on the, the line. You know, I think some of us took the train, maybe some of us drove. I can't remember. But he was just losing his mind and couldn't skate it. And, <laughs> you know, you just you get the madness and then you can't skate and you can't get something out of your head. That That's, that's one that sticks in my head. Um,
2: Even the chief can bunt there. Eh? What's the last new trick you learned?
3: I haven't learned a new trick in a few years. I have to relearn old tricks at this point.
2: <laughs> Feel you.
3: So that's all, my, that's all I can say about that.
2: <laughs> Dream job after skating.
3: I kind of wish I'd gone into, I would have been able to go into academia and like study psychology and do research. That's weird to say kind of comes to mind as like something i think i would get really into like do actually just doing academic research and trying to figure out you know what how the universe works
5: yeah <laughs> Sick.
3: or how, how or how human psychology works all of that stuff's super interesting to me and
2: love that favorite local skater
3: in portland it's got to be phil stern he's the homie
2: S- favorite local brand
3: i think i was liking what the killing floor were doing and phil phil has a little brand called fixer so i'll throw that one in there too nice sick favorite teammate ever uh keegan solder Alyssa steamer worst teammate ever you know it could be keegan could be keegan <laughs> as well actually yeah, back yeah. to back
2: <laughs> worst company
3: something something in the fossil fuels industry because this <laughs> is sort of problematic
2: yeah, for sure worst
3: trend Worst trend, I don't know. Um, war.
2: Yeah. Agreed, hundred yeah. percent. Worst style,
3: I don't know. Like uh, myself, sometimes. Yeah, my myself. Like if I don't have to, like, leave the house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Last person you want on the sesh.
3: I cannot think. I, there's nothing that comes to my brain that's going to be valuable for you guys. <laughs>
0: All right, John. Thank you so much for coming inside Studio E and sitting down with us, man. That was awesome.
3: All right. Well, yeah, hopefully you guys managed to pull something good out of it. And you guys have a good rest of your your day and your weekend. Appreciate
0: it, man. Thanks. You too, All right.
3: Take care. See ya. Bye.
0: Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie's Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, nobody's got you covered like Dickie's. Hi, right, ghost. Who we got up first?
4: You got mail.
2: Oh, shit. We got a post office regular here. Wagwan fam here. Hortensio Herrera, again from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Thank you guys for the season. Absolute barn burner so far. That Fuenzalita episode is for the books. I have two questions for you guys. With the recent events of some interviewee trying to deny a crime in, other, in another podcast, and the host not stopping him or editing out those sayings, knowing the facts of a very well and publicly known case, I had me thinking if you had that guest on your pod that said some controversial stuff like that, you guys had to stop them in mid-interview or had to edit it out, that part. For the good of everyone, you don't need to name names. The second, as many of your listeners, I'm now a Top Boy fan because you guys, thanks for that. Uh, So just like someone asked about The Sopranos, I want each of you to tell me who is your favorite main character and secondary character of Top Boy. All the best for you guys. And next winter, a.k.a. summer here, you can escape from the snow here. Oh, shit. Hortensio wants to show us around Buenos Aires. I'd always wanted to go to Argentina. That'd be tight. Uh, my best friend growing up is from there. Or his, his dad was. So I was like, always just curious. They got a sick soccer team and shit. Um and the best meat in the world apparently. So Donald, I know I know that gets you fucking. They got the excited. best meat, the best steak in the world, the best uh, beef. Uh, what apparently. about Calgary? Like, man? Some of the best beef in the world. Yeah, Calgary beef is epic too. But something about that Argentinian steak that you know what I'm saying right, we need right. to try at some point. All right. Anyways, um, the first thing, the Nine Club drama from a couple weeks ago definitely heard about that honestly
0: i thought about bringing back Kook of the week for that one but i didn't even want to shed more light on it so yeah it is what it is that was completely up to them man but as far as us having to edit someone out uh there's been some times there was one special guest who uh we just had to axe the whole
2: episode you know this shit just happens man yeah yeah You know what the interesting part about that is? There's two ways to look at it. You can edit it out and save the person from themselves, which we've done like little things here and there, you know, edit out a little thing where it's like, oh, you might get in trouble with a sponsor or you might just look bad. So maybe cut that out. You do that when you respect the person and like the person, Um, you know, save them from themselves. But the other way to look at it is if, if someone's a piece of shit, well, I mean, we wouldn't really have someone on the pod if we didn't fuck with them and thought they were a piece of shit. But if yeah. you do, then it's like, it, is it almost better to let them expose themselves for how whack they truly are? Mm-hmm. So You can look at it that way, too. Because, like, that dude, I don't even know his name, but sounds like he's a mega kook. And now, you know, maybe, maybe it's better that... He fucking fully exposed himself, you know.
0: Yeah, whether it was intentional or unintentional by
2: their podcast, holy fuck! Yeah, uh, damn. We're watching, or I don't know if Donald you are too, but I got the Tampa Pro stream going right now. Dan Berman just did a 180 fakie five o crossing down the rail, fucking savage in his run. That's for Tom <laughs> K. <laughs> no no he doesn't like the 180 switch crook what did you say like, this 180 fake five, like a back one oh, okay. like over into yeah came from that side alright uh, um, Tom K is tripping for that 180 switch crook hate
0: and then as far as favorite top boy characters um have you watched yet say
2: I watched episode one cause me and my boy Pete are still what fun the thing. hell like, watch Pete together, man just but, watch it and be done with it yeah, I'm gonna text him after this. I can't wait anymore. Episode one was juicy. I'm like, yo, this what season's I'm about to go ham, man.
0: Um, main favorite main character. Like, I would like to give it to Jamie, but it's obviously Sully. Like, Sully is as real as it gets, <laughs> as loyal as a golden retriever. You know, uh, yeah, that's my dog Sully. And then favorite supporting character. Uh, mm. Yo, Jack took her game to the next level this season, man I was always a big fan of Jack But she's uh, she's next level in the new season I rate Jack Damn And then uh, Fuck, I forget the guy's name And you won't know him Because you probably haven't even met him yet But uh, the homie holding shit down in, in Spain That guy was a bad man Let's see if I can find her real quick While you tell
2: me yours So mine, I mean It's no surprise you know, I'm cool, calm, collected, stylish, a boss. So of course I gotta go with Duchene, oh, My main man. Uh, and then secondary, you beat me to it, Jack. So I'll try and think of another. Um, man, you know what? I just love Jamie's brothers, and like, yeah, those guys like just get—they just get you emotional for some reason. Like, they're such good actors. The three of them together, like, they really feel like. Real life brothers, and you can feel the love, and their whole backstory is just so sad that they're orphans. And uh, I just love that whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I miss my boy Driz, man. Yeah, episode one Sully's like visiting his crib and shit, getting emotional, but he had to do it for the game,
0: dude. You know who was a savage? Was uh, Hayes the. The handler from Jamaica, the guy who was giving them the food oh. when they were working with the Jamaican Connect. That guy was fucking <laughs> <He> scary, dog. <laughs> he was his voice was yeah. so deep and terrifying. Holy shit. But yeah, obviously I'm Sully, he's Duchesne, you know what it is. And then everyone else is just pure epicness. Yeah. All right. Next up we've got a voice note from looks like his name is Antoine. Let's take a listen.
1: Yo, what up Bunt? This is uh, Dale, um, my question, I don't even know, uh, there's a lot of questions I want to ask, but like, what is, uh, what is the one thing you're thankful for that you wouldn't have if it wasn't for skateboarding?
0: Alright, so I guess his name is Dale didn't write his uh, actual name on the email. Um, shit, this guy's trying to get us all sappy and shit, eh? We just started the post office, but uh, obviously all my friends, man. It's easy. Like, I there's no way... I mean, it's obviously some way fluky, but there's
2: no way I would have the group of friends I have without skating, man. Yeah, that's a... Uh, shit. Easy answer, man. Uh, friends mean everything to me, and... Yeah, I feel lucky, fucking every day. Every time I think about it, or like we plan a trip or something, just feels uh, amazing to have the same like group of friends for 20 plus years now, man, and it ain't changing anytime soon. What else though? I I think we talked about this before, but I also just love the uh, kind of the the street knowledge. I feel like skating gives you like just a better perspective on society because you just get to see. All, different, all the different levels of society when you're a kid at a young age, going through downtowns and all the different cities, you get to see just so many different kinds of people that it makes you just, I feel like, a better grounded person that kind of re- has more respect for everyone, or at least, you know, I feel like that it's helped me in that way. I don't know if it's like that for everyone. There's obviously still some douchebag skaters out there, but it just gives you a better sense of appreciation for all the different types of people out there well put man all right next up we got another voice note coming in from mark
4: Berry. hey what's going on safe and down with your boy mark Berry, aka dr oxo coming straight from the bunt listener league and currently rainy sacramento california uh, and shout out to mac from the listener league for uh, being the first one to share this bit of information in our group chat gonna be a little bit of a rant here boys but this is regarding the current controversy surrounding your rival podcast the nine club where they had mr egomaniac murderer rapist apologist mark dick blow on as a guest where he somehow defended gator for the horrible heinous crime that he committed and chalked it up to nothing more than rough sex gone wrong now You would have thought the Nine Club would have fact-checked this shit, and uh, they did get out in front and apologize, so I commend them for that. But when you're bringing up a topic that serious, you got to know the details there. Just totally foul, totally flagrant. And you would have thought that his credibility would be in question. When you just look at the trail of destruction that has followed that man over the years, I mean, my God, every single company that he's been a part of or helped start has basically failed. And um, I just uh, just don't know, man. Where there's smoke, there's fire, typically. And uh, it just seems like a sketch dude and always has. So um, my question to you, though, is have you ever had a similar situation like this? You did an interview and uh, some stuff was said that just wasn't true that you had to cut out in the editing process or even had to call the guy on the spot and be like, yo, bro, let's run that back a little bit and rephrase it. You know, that's not how it went down. I don't want a bunch of misinformation out there. Um, Yeah, man, just applaud you guys for doing your homework, doing your research, having these barn burners. I uh, look forward to him every Wednesday. So thank you guys. Hopefully that's not happened. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But if there was an instant, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about it. Peace, brothers.
0: Listener League legend, Mark Berry. Dude, he sounds like he's got his own voice for radio, man. You should <laughs> fire something up. Yeah. You start working at ESPN or something, doing the Thursday nighter. Dude, you're built for this business. Yeah, like we said two emails ago when we uh, – Sparked off the post office this week. Mark O'Blow, Dick Blow, whatever you want to call him. Kook of the week, Kook of the month. Kook forever. Uh, the proof's in the pudding. <laughs> Sucks for the nine club guys, what happened to them. But like you said, it's on them to fact check and do their due diligence in their editing process. Um, just all around bad look
2: in general. we fix fixed little things, of course. And sometimes people hit us up and want to change answers or whatever. Like, But yeah luckily we haven't had to deal with any like rape and murder apologies <laughs> jesus
0: all right next up we've got a voice note from jamal jones let's take a listen
1: <laughs> what up boys it's your man d jones's long-lost cousin jay jones haha <laughs> Yo, I just wanna say D. Jones and the Ghost. The invite to the crib is always available. If you ever trying to roll through Richmond, Virginia, on your way to D.C., or just wanna kick it with Gilbert Crocker himself, then holla at me. We got an extra room for the both of y'all to share. John Fitzgerald and the and the Chief style. <laughs> you can meet your uh, your second cousins, D. Jones. It'll be a fun fest for all of us. All right, on to my question. Yo, all these skateboard contest judges are trash, garbage,
4: basura,
1: so I would love for D Jones and the Ghost to give us your judging criteria. What are the three things that whether it's a run, it's the big section, it's whatever it may be, what are the three things you're looking for for a homie, a skater to get maximum points from you, from the bunt? Let us know. And also, I can't leave without shouting out the best skate shop in the whole world, Ben you game shop. Always keeping a brother crispy out in these
2: streets. Yeah. Bro, Jamal yep.
0: brings a different type of energy, man. My long lost cousin. I love it.
2: Jamal, though, I, I don't get it. If we wanted to hang out with Gilbert, why would we hit you up? Like, uh, that's the homie. So, just get that straight, first of all.
0: <laughs> why are you dissing, man? <laughs> let, the guy, let the guy feel good about it.
2: <laughs> if we pull up we going straight to the source baby but donald i mean donald can jump in your bed sheets if that's what it he's trying to make you feel good no you know he, saying? he's I'll saying just,
1: that
0: me and you will share the bed did you even listen to the guy But well, this man's
2: all over the place man yeah. shit <laughs>
0: jamal <it's> like <laughs> a fifth time in the post office this season um what was the oh judging criteria um Shit, I've never judged a contest to be honest. Oh wait, yeah, I have. That's a lie.
2: Um so yeah, I've judged a bunch and my favorite way to do it. There's different people who have you do it different ways. You As, pick your friends, Doc. Who are you kids Scoring and shit. No, no, but my favorite is like the way like the border guys do it when I've done it with them and their technology. You you just do overall impression and then it's like a score out of a hundred and it just makes it way easier but you just have to kind of it's just kind of a feel thing so what i'm looking for style um how hard the tricks are and of course like how many tricks you squeeze into your run um but yeah you just you could just feel that shit man you can you just know you just got to know what's good it, it does get hard sometimes, and then you gotta break it down more if two people have insane runs where you start going a little more specific. Like, but overall impression, man, that's the the easiest way to do it because there's there's no there's no exact science to this shit. But you can feel it in the room, you know, when someone does that like first place run. Like, hopefully, everyone knows, and there's no one upset at the end of the day. But it is it is hard when there's a bunch of flawless fucking runs
0: dude in a skate contest man i could be bought whoever (laughs) hits me with a little percentage of the check you know i'll do my best to uh to make it work it's a little (laughs) tim donahue styles you know what i'm saying
2: i remember when js was winning them and getting paid that fool never fucking even bought me a beer after i gave him a high score for fuck's sakes all right next up we got an email from noah Danker. What up go boyos, long time (laughs) listener, first time emailer. I appreciate the hell out of y'all and what you bring to the skate industry. Got me cracking up all day. Yo, thanks G. But my question for you fools, and maybe you've said this before and I spaced on it, but rapid fire, let's go. Let's hear some of your responses to each question because for me, the answers would change every month. So I'm sure you'll keep it spicy even if you've already done this on air. Love you dudes. Keep up the good shit um yeah we've i feel like we've done we've never done a full rapid fire because fucking take forever but you are right if you ask me that question even like a week apart i'll have different answers Mm -hmm. um but let's do three each donald classic this is how we roll um all right ghost worst style oh Yo, you know what's funny? You know how, like, me and Donald both been watching a lot of old videos recently. Oh, shit. And, uh, and I watched That's Life uh, a couple weeks ago. So in my head, I was like, oh, if anyone asks me where style, like, I have my answer now. No, oh, shit. That, that one. <laughs> yo, I got to give it to the legend. And, you know, like Stephen A says, no disrespect right before he says something disrespectful. I like it. But uh, I got to give it to... To the legend, uh, big gap chomper, Gareth Sturr, man.
0: Oh! <laughs> you don't hear that name too often anymore.
2: Yeah, bro, go watch his part in that's life. <laughs> dig. But I did. I actually, like, loved him when I was a kid, man. He was always oh, all yeah, in, like, 18 it. stairs and shit. Like, how could you not eat that up when you're a kid?
0: Yeah. Um, Alright, well, while you're on the, uh... Old video train. Give me your
2: favorite video part. Ooh. Um, oh, I'll drop one. Like my favorite video part is Scott Kane, like four and one sixty three. But I've said that a bunch of times. So, a uh, one that I've got recently rehyped on. Also, could be most under one of the most underrated skaters, Marty Murowski. Oh, in Filmbot Files. Get the man, hell out part. of here!
0: That's not your second favorite part.
2: It's not, but I'm, I'm just like mixing it up because oh, he like said your current you know, he could have a, Okay. Just a current like mad respect and definitely worth everyone going and rewatching right now because that part holds up to this day. It's so good. All right, I like that answer. And then
0: um, biggest butt you've ever witnessed.
2: Uh, you you're trying to come at me, so I'm gonna come at you. I've already, I've also said don't this. do tell one. me again. Say
0: the tray flip story. I'll switch questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> Donald's <playing>. tray
2: flip. <laughs> Donald tried to tray flip this. Oh. Dufferin Big Four back in the day It was absolutely amazing. Can I, I, I feel like I've recently talked about this, but I don't remember when or where. Yeah. But yeah, there was a Big Four. You know, I switch varial he healed it. <laughs> no biggie. But, uh, yeah, we went there one night. The whole crew lit it up. Donald hit them with the Switch 180, his Easy. go-to back in the day. Light. And then had that classic feeling bare nice. Go back up to the top. By accident. Just because you're so juiced yeah. with, with no idea what you're actually going to try. And then he just threw out a couple bunt-ass tray flips <laughs> and packed it in for the night, man.
0: Amazing. Uh, dude, that is probably <laughs> one of the uh, worst trends in skateboarding Is when you get so hyped <laughs> off landing your last <laughs> trick And for some reason, you find yourself back at the top of the set Like, what am I doing here?
2: And instead of just it's like p- pity walking down You just try something else <laughs> It's the worst and best trend because yeah, true. when you see someone do it, you, I just love it. Like, I always <laughs> look for it now. So, when someone does go back up to the top, I'll just call them out right away. <laughs> like, get the, but fuck the, back the classic down here. one. Yeah, the classic one that we brought up too when this came up was Simon disher one of our best oh. friends in the whole wide world, a legend that we looked up to. But he Nolly back healed the legendary Five Sidewalk downtown Toronto. Uh, it was by like the a skin of his teeth bag. man yeah it was in all the videos it was a photo like it was so beast and like such a hammer at the time and then he was so juiced that he went back up there and had to bunt a couple nolly frontside flips <laughs> everyone knew that wasn't going down but uh that was that classic you're too juiced man you can't sit down right away all right let's go with uh what's the last new trick you learned man pops
0: it's been a long time, but Faggy Shove Switch Manny, like Faggy front shove switch manny.
2: Mm, mm. Oh yeah, and you did was that on the Manny pad through the flat? Hmm? At Dunbat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you did an only Heel Nose Manny too, that was tight. Yeah. Um Damn, that was a while ago. So me and you haven't <laughs> learned a trick in like a year. Honestly, I haven't really <laughs> skated all
0: winter. It's been rough. I went skating this morning with my son. Just messing around Holy He was shit. running around It was fun Alright
2: These days What's the most illegal trick man?
0: Let me think of something that like Isn't illegal But that I like hate to see mm-hmm. Let's say You know what? I'm gonna throw myself in this too Cause I do this shit all the time But front nose grind revert Where you don't even fucking grind You're just pivoting on. The- <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Yo I feel like that's a direct call out To your, your younger self yeah, absolutely. You used, to, you used to run those heavy. Yeah.
1: I at least hit at, like
0: I don't know as I get older and shit, whatever. I just hit me with a little fucking 3 inches of grinding. Like don't just turn on there. I've do do yeah, that yeah. shit too, but like yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to be like a little I'm not going to be like one-footed crooks or like hang 10 or yeah. Like that's no, like a legit you. trick that like if you just take a second and put
2: a little bit of grind into it, it can make a huge difference. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I I give credit to the Smith for like, he's the first person I saw, like he mastered every length of Mm -hmm. a trick, which is actually like a completely different trick. If you do a nose grind revert jib, it's a completely different feeling than like doing like a five foot nose grind. Exactly. So just take a
0: second and Do a proper one, but yo, speaking of the Smith, that reminds me, remember when he would he was learning tricks at like an insane rate? And he would, if he'd be yeah. like, Yo, what'd you learn? And then one day he was like, Back five, pop out. <laughs> <laughs> listener, uh, I you actually roasted him with a dog,
2: but that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. I roast him to this day. I'm, that's like a recurring joke because he'll he'll do them sometimes and we always just <laughs> neutral laugh like yeah. like kickflip back five will pop out, back five will pop out, Nollie Woo! back five will like dog yeah. that ain't a trick. But I think it's cause Stanger did one and like obviously Stanger's so G that if mm-hmm. he does it you're like all right it's legit and then Oh he here's well. a good
0: one though actual one though <clears throat> Pop Shove Smith is illegal.
2: Oh my god. Don't do it, man. And if you 180
0: out, it's even worse.
2: Yeah, you know, I know what else maybe feeble 180 is illegal as well. Yeah, sometimes those are all right, depends on the spot. Yeah, Yeah, there's all right ones, Uh, but uh, I remember Morgan. So I did that pop shove Smith and that horrible, or like not horrible, like but that was a fun edit, but it's just funny looking at how horrible my trick selection was at the time but that was also at the time where i was just trying to learn a new trick that winter every time i went there on oh. it so like sometimes they'd be so whack like yeah. just just to say i did a new trick on the rail that day and so you clearly saw that in the edit with the pop shove smith yo and nolly, nolly backsmith was
0: sick though i don't care but
2: i swear i knew those tricks were whack at the time i was just trying to get a, an edit and and back then like we filmed our edits in one day you know it was always like <laughs> yeah. okay so and so some coming people to film still today. do like, that too just not us anymore Yeah. <laughs> now it takes me it's the like, summer that that loft thing i did last winter took me like four months <laughs> yeah i haven't done an edit Whereas, in 10 years at like 16 it's like one day yeah give it all you got but anyways morgan did a pop show smith on a little handrail back in the day and i absolutely destroyed him for it but i want to know if i'm a hypocrite and see when i did that edit because if if i did it after i called him out then i need to apologize but yeah morgan's the goat all right last one donald um worst
0: company Again, I'm not going to take the easy way out and say Karayuma or pizza. I'm going to think of something else. <laughs> I'll just say them while I get to my <laughs> actual answer. Um, oh, shit. I can't think of a third company, so I'll just... I'll stick with those two, but, but give me another one to end it off with, man.
2: Alright, man. Fucking last person you want on the sesh.
0: Uh, I'm going to have to go with the theme of this week's episode. B. Mark oblo <laughs> Real shit. Real shit. Next up, we've got a voice note from Brett Nakamoto. Hey,
1: what's up, bunt guys? That's uh, the homie B. Naki here again. Uh, just coming back at you with my deepest and most sincere apologies, Seifa, for fucking up your name there on my last voice note. Uh, yeah, man, I've been listening to the show for years. I definitely should have known better. I blew it. You might say I pulled a Dono messed up a name anyways shout out Dance One. love you boys peace oh
2: oh fuck that oh be knacky man do no I deserve cl- that fuck <laughs> yeah I love that random stray <laughs> at Donald be knacky. thanks for coming through no question needed just putting some respect on my name literally <laughs> appreciate you man legend oh shit it actually like makes me it actually like warms my heart anytime someone says my name properly that's not like a friend mm. because my name gets mispronounced literally every day of my life um so it actually does like just hearing a, a stranger the homie brett say my name flawlessly always uh, puts a smile on my face appreciate you Yeah, that's funny, yeah.
0: <laughs> he didn't even say it right. It's just, the whole thing was about him apologizing for messing it up. What do you mean? That's literally why he emailed to say story, because he fucked it last
2: time. I know. Yeah. I know, but it, I appreciate him coming back correct and saying it so flawlessly. That warms just your know? heart. It does. No, yeah, that's maybe that's a little extreme, but it just... It, I'm always like pleasantly surprised Let's put it that way right. When someone says it um, Perfectly Sick But the listeners should know For fuck's sake what I'm saying man. Like You say my name like Every fucking week Yeah <laughs> But people believe what they see Not what they hear A lot of the times And oh. the spelling Would lead most people To say it yeah. wrong Even if they hear it Ten times Or a hundred times In their ear You saying my name mm-hmm. Every week <laughs> For years And then they'll just read it and say it wrong. It's it's weird how the brain works. Science. Trust, you gotta trust the science, Doug. (laughs) Next up, we got an email from the legend Jumpbox said, Jumpbox. Okay. (laughs) This is my favorite. I haven't read it yet, but this is my favorite email of the last since we started. What pro skaters? Uh, would you want to be stuck with in a zombie apocalypse? Boom. One sentence, done to the point. Jump box, you're a legend. Um, now let's answer this question How many skaters do we get? Let's pick uh, two each. All right. First
0: off, light work, easy answer Mike Villelli.
4: Oh He throws punches, yeah, okay. asks questions later.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need Mike V with me. And then next up, uh, I'll go Antoine Dixon. Same reason. Ain't scared to mix it up. I'm going to need two guys that are ready to go at all times. You know what I'm saying?
2: Wow. that's I love Antoine. One of my favorite skaters ever. But that's probably one of the last people I would select for this. Um, I'm trying to think of who's like... Who's a known outdoorsman or woman in the skate game?
0: Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> what? You never seen his uh,
2: like episode with Bear Grylls, the like Survivor Oh yeah, man that thing? shit was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, he knows what he's to. No, but a skater, I know. I feel Jeff like we had someone on who like likes going. Oh, boom, done. Jeff Rowley, because <laughs> the man can hunt, and uh, he'd be able to, you know set up a tent and all that shit and then it's a fucking apocalypse you're not going on a vacation you're not hunting and setting up tents you're just fighting for your life dude yeah aka running to the forest as fast as i can getting out of the populated zones and living happily ever after with my man jeff rowley in the forest and who and um shit we probably need to repopulate the earth. Oh too, my God! So. Here we go. <laughs> you and Jeff are no, gonna kidding. get busy, eh? I'm, I'm no. I was about to pick uh, a woman. Yes, but that's I won't what I mean. She's gonna be stuck with you and Jeff. I'm not trying to get canceled. Um, uh, here's the right <laughs> answer. I would teach my girlfriend how to skate so I could use her as an answer. <laughs> use her as a um,
0: repopulating tool. Um. No, no.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, no. Let's let's go. Um, Are you, Jeff, and Callie. Yeah, Rowley, and um, and yeah. Let's just call it a day. That's so all I need. We've both taken <laughs> very opposite uh,
0: ends of the spectrum here in the fight or flight discussion. I will stand and fight for our this planet. And you will fight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to repop. Yeah. I'm trying to fight
2: and repopulate. You I never, think. You wanna, have you, you ever had a baby? Poll. It's
0: gonna take years for that baby to be able to fight. Well, at least I'm
2: giving us a chance. And you got to <laughs> wait nine months before it even comes out. Okay. Okay. You know. No, that's it. Where's another poll? I don't give a fuck. That's gonna be our new thing. When we disagree, we're doing polls weekly. This week's poll. Who has the better apocalypse partners? Mine are Jeff Rowley and I'll just go with Nora and
0: oh, excuse me. Collette can't hang anymore.
2: Well, we're, we're I'm trying to follow the rules and say a skater. Okay. So I'm going to just say homegirl, Nora this and one. Rowley. And then you're taking Antoine Dixon and Mike V. Yeah. I am gonna win this poll a hundred percent. No, we'll call so. it fight or flight, and clearly,
0: <laughs> most people yes. would stand and fight for their own lives and for the people who are already alive
2: and around them, rather than just start oh a whole new population. God. You're just okay, letting now everyone. Now you're, everyone adding, you're just everyone. Now just, you're adding all these like stip, like random facts that weren't in the email. In the apocalypse, I'm saying heaven it's forbid like, you call I think the me question out is for working my way around an answer. No, but. The question, I think, is like if it's you and two people in a zombie apocalypse, we're saying every, all our people are already dead. So it's like just you and the two people. We're not talking about saving your family and shit. That's already done. We're talking like Will Smith and I Am Legend, but you get to pick two homies or two skaters. So I'm taking Nora and Rowley. All right. Yeah, I'm and just... you're taking Mike V and Antoine
0: Dixon. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to have a fucking good time <laughs> while we kill these zombies, man. Oh, you God. better fucking right. pack your bags and put your running shoes on cuz you guys ain't gonna have to stop moving, man. Always on the run for the rest of your life.
2: And you're, you're out here talking about fucking fighting zombies. I'm talking about trying to save the human species. Except the world would probably be better off without us anyways. Shout out to oh. the animal kingdom.
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up and last up for this week. Probably should have just ended it after that one. But um, <laughs> we've got an email coming in from Dan O'Neill. Yo, Bun Boys, long-time listener, first-time emailer. I noticed Ants One has changed up some of the podcast music this season, going with the more housey sound. I thought this was an interesting choice as electronic music, especially more club-orientated music, is used less frequently in skate videos why do you think videographers have generally been reluctant to include more electronic music in skate videos there are some exceptions french fred with medic maddie Ben Shadorn, and some of his edits but american videos tend not to go there why have skate videos gravitated towards rock and hip-hop sounds predominantly also what types of music do you guys like to hear on skate video soundtracks any sections with memorable music that stand out to you peace dan and p.s while you're fighting the zombies, what music would you like to listen to for the rest of your lives? Um, Wait, what? Is this-, this is zombies too? No, I just added that in there. Oh. <laughs> it's hard to switch gears and get back to something serious and skate related
2: after our zombie rant, man. I know. I still got zombies on my mind. And I actually just watched I Am Legend like two weeks (laughs) ago. It was was a good rewatch, man. Oh, speaking of Will Smith. She's divorcing him now.
0: After all that. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's what I read. I hope it's not true, but I think it is. Jesus.
2: After all that. Wow. But he's going through some shit, man. But, yo, have you noticed all the streaming services? They've all got... Anything related to Chris Rock and Will Smith, like, that whole next week was just everything in your face. And I, I got suckered in and watched I Am Legend and a Chris Rock stand-up. <laughs> so it worked. Sorry. No, it did work. It's on everyone's mind. Oh, man, if um, your Google
0: speaker's listening, you know some zombie movies are coming up this week.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Um, house music. Yo, first of all, Ants is a fucking legend, and he's been steady creating his own music and he's taking it to the next level and this summer if you want a live ant show there's gonna yeah we'll have an announcement but uh just keep in mind if you're a fan of Ants' music next week huge pull announcement. up to pull up to toronto you feel me speaking of ants one he actually just joined my
0: beer week hockey team get started this Wednesday. We, Me and Ants will be happy to keep you guys updated on our record, uh, our point production totals, and everything to have to do with our men's league hockey team. Music and skate videos. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure, man. Maybe it's just in America. People listen to rock and hip-hop a little more often than house music, but I think that's changing now. Yeah, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason, man. It just has to do with what the skaters are listening to. And nowadays... Uh, People are listening to almost everything.
5: Yo, I'm going to just hop in real quick. Uh, yo, Dan, shout out, to, shout out to you. Obviously, this is a more kind of philosophical question in terms of like music and skate videos. Um, but being a producer and I produced hip-hop most of my life and now I produce house, uh, I do analyze a lot of like aspects of music. So uh, I feel like I could speak on this with a little bit more uh, in-depthness and... Uh, knowledge um if i were to guess i would say you know house music its purpose is basically for dancing uh it has a rhythm and a pace to it that doesn't always coincide with the offbeatness of skating cuz every trick has its own kind of um flow to it momentum whereas hip hop there's so many parts that you can cut in and out um, in terms of like a video or rock and they're evoking different feelings. You know, obviously hip hop being more of like that confident kind of like boss mentality vibe, which goes well with skating, especially when you're fighting a trick and you finally get it. It's like that feeling coincides really well with it. Same thing as rock, it's kind of like, you know, it's more of an aggressive style of music. Whereas like house is intended for just vibes kind of just grooving, uh, kind of, you know, low-key, depending on what kind of style you're going for. Obviously there's tons of styles of house, but it's an interesting perspective. And sometimes if I were to like, if I were to guess again, I would say that it's cause house keeps kind of like that specific pace throughout the entire song. And it's kind of like, you don't really shift too many gears. It's kind of like always the same pace. So sometimes, you know, when you're going from a line to hammers and stuff sometimes sometimes maybe that doesn't resonate as well again just my view um i've thought about this question before so that's a cool question
2: to ask and yeah that's just my opinion on it bro i hope i don't get cancelled for fucking that zombie email
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so yeah You'll be seeing the poll in our Instagram up on the story this week. That's gonna wrap up the post office. Get your emails into the BuntLive at gmail.com. Voice notes also accepted. Jamal Jones, you know. We uh, if we go link up with Gilbert, we'll hit you up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's but yeah, zombie <laughs> questions is what it is, man. Post office was fire this week. Thanks, guys. Yeah, real shit. This is the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by the one and only
2: Steam Whistle, Canada's premium Pilsner, the only buzz. So, round
0: one is officially over in the NBA playoffs. Phoenix taking down New Orleans, Dallas taking care of Utah, Golden State taking care of Denver, and the Ghost took down me and the T Wolves. Still think we should have won that one. And then over in the east, Miami takes care of Atlanta. Philly takes care of Dot. Didn't see that coming, man, but I'm going to say that was partially due to injury. Milwaukee makes quick work of Chicago. And Boston, man, did not see that coming. Huh. Sweeps the Brooklyn Nets. Let's start right there, man. Boston. Wow. What a yeah. performance. Congratulations. And they were just getting healthier at the end of that series with Robert Williams coming back damn they play a good team game man
2: yeah that was fucking crazy and uh i i picked boston to win in six Uh, i don't think anyone foresaw a sweep but i think it was a classic case of a boston was just a better overall team but b when you lose that game one at the buzzer like that when Kyrie goes off and he's going back and forth with the crowd. Like, that can suck the life out of you for the next game. And then once they were down 0 2, um, Boston just didn't look back, man. Kyrie looked uninterested. The rest of that, literally, after game one, he wasn't the same. I think he averaged 15 points per game, shooting like 30 something percent the rest of the series. Um, I just felt bad for KD at the end of the day, man. Like, that dude is never going to live down leaving Steph Curry for Kyrie unless they win a championship. And uh, yeah, Twitter (laughs) is not a friendly place, especially not to KD. They're never going to let him forget that one. Yeah, man, I absolutely agree. I
0: think it was just a matter of just such a heartbreaking loss in game one at the buzzer. And then game two, they completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. And then from there on was uh, Boston's youth just uh took over and outmatched
2: the uh veteran presence of the nets man yeah and and we definitely just saw uh tatum take a leap it's kind of cool when like the whole basketball world and all the fans can collectively agree that someone just took you can just see it happen like those four games even though they weren't his best offensive games by any stretch or anything like no 50 point games but What he was doing on defense and then mixing that with like huge shots in almost every game in the fourth Mm -hmm. except for the game where he fouled out like he he took a big step like there and that's one of those ones where there's no going back you know you don't get to that level and then revert back to being a non-superstar like i think he's a superstar the rest of his career man
0: we were hoping the raptors would pull off the upset the five seed go into philly steal a series from big baby Embiid but unfortunately in the long run losing that close game 3 Precious couldn't hit his free throws and just some
2: injuries along the way were the Raptors demise man yeah I want to give a major shout out to the Raptors for this season overall though even though I didn't like how we went out in the last game getting obliterated in the second half um, dude that was fucked they i know because it was a one point game at half but man losing fred like it it was just so obvious we had we didn't have the shooting you know when you got thad young scotty you know all these like low level three-point shooters it was hard to stay in that game and there was like a lid on the basket in the third quarter but honestly that was an awesome season overall a lot of people didn't even have us making the playoffs so definitely proud of the squad and um also hate what happened to Embiid man obviously it was an accident accident by Pascal but that's not how you want to see see a team go out and now it looks like the Heat have a clear path to the conference finals but we'll see what happens
0: yeah like you said the other day the Heat are dealing with some injuries of their own so could be a Good time, and unfortunate for the rest of the Eastern Conference that they get to heal up while winning this series against Philly. Because without Embiid, who's slated to miss the first two games,
2: uh, it's gonna be real tough for them, man. Yeah, like I was gonna root for Miami regardless in this round, but this isn't the way you want to see it go down, obviously, as a sports fan. <clears throat> Not at all. And
0: then. Our favorite series to watch, probably the most exciting one, Memphis and Minnesota, the two seed and the seven seed. Man, uh, you won't admit it, but that was Minnesota's series to win, man. Multiple chances, multiple blown leads, just showing their inexperience and they just lack something. There's just still something missing with D'Angelo and
2: Kat uh, leading the way. Uh, I'll tell you what they lack. It's called brain cells like they're i think they're the first team in nba playoff history to lose three games <clears throat> while having a double digit lead in the fourth quarter a lot of meltdowns um but yeah i don't know i'd say the future is bright because anthony edwards it sucks because like i'm not a fan of cat definitely not a fan of d but i love anthony no. edwards like i don't think there's no ba- real basketball fan that doesn't like anthony edwards out there like Every soundbite is hilarious. He's so fucking good and fun to watch, but I'm just kind of annoyed that that's like his core that he's growing with, as like some other players that I don't like at all. But whatever, the future is bright there, so they shouldn't hang their heads, the Minnesota fans. Um, but man, Cat is just such a kook. It's crazy. Like, they might be better off just going ahead
0: and moving Cat and Delo and just starting fresh right now because i don't think that cat has that winning mentality in him and we know that dlo doesn't and when those two guys are on your team the coach is like handcuffed to put them in there in in certain situations when they should have been left out to be honest with you more so
2: dlo than cat but yeah dlo was absolutely terrible except for one game i think um yeah i i feel you like the cat thing it's just like he seems like he's trying to act like someone he's not like he's trying to be a tough guy i remember dying on twitter seeing someone post like his post game interview and when i watched it live i was like why does this guy sound like he's trying to sound hard you know and then someone (laughs) someone tweeted something about adding like an octave an octave to, to his voice to try and sound deeper and like trying to sound like what he thinks like a hard dude sounds like like i don't know there's just something about him that just makes me cringe a little bit and then like um that voice when he was miked up and like now they're in our now they're in our house and then they lost like a 220 point leads in that game i don't know whatever good season overall for them um mm-hmm. i remember predicting at the start of the season that they were going to make the playoffs uh so that was that was cool that they at least did that and uh, we'll never forget Pat Bev's celebration after the playing game, man. So thank you, Timberwolves, for some entertainment. But Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And at the end of the day, that's what sports is all about, man. Entertainment factor. And uh, they delivered. So
2: good on them, man. But, man, that was actually kind of shocking. Like, I thought Memphis was going to mop the floor with them. Um, so that, that's giving me more hope for the Warriors handling business. But sometimes, you know, those young teams, like, they evolve as the playoffs go along like uh so I'm not gonna assume the Warriors are gonna beat them like maybe Memphis comes out and like I just remember the young Thunder with KD and Russ and Harden back in the day like they'd like squeak by in a playoff series but then they'd like evolve in the next one and I remember when they beat the Spurs the year they went to the finals it was like they got better every round somehow it was like some crazy shit so I'm hoping Memphis doesn't fucking come in hot and take out the Warriors somehow because I want to see Steph get that ring.
0: Yeah, it's hard to look at it this way, but Memphis is the two seed there. We all imagine Golden State's going to win, but hey, man, you clearly cannot count the Grizzlies out of any game. Those guys are about it. So let's make our predictions and we'll start right there. Golden State or Memphis? What are you doing?
2: I'm going Golden State in six. They'll finish them off at home in game six
0: yeah i just have a i just don't think that golden state has the collapses that minnesota does and we've seen memphis give up big leads and when golden state gets those big leads they just make them bigger man like the shooting that those guys have it's near impossible to catch up with so i'm a gold golden state as well i'll say five because you said six i'll say it's a little quicker i'd like to see a long drawn out series though And then we'll stick in the West: Phoenix and Dallas. Looks like Phoenix is healthy again. Dallas is healthy. This series could go seven, man.
2: Yeah, this is a series I'm super excited for, just because it's such a clash of styles. You got the the fucking Luca-centric offense, super high usage rate. But obviously, fucking shout out Jalen Brunson. He, like Tatum, Mm -hmm. evolved like a Pokemon. You know what I'm saying in that last series. We don't call him jalen brunson anymore we call him jalen Bruntosaur. uh i just made that up that was no you didn't where'd you hear that no i swear i just made that up it <laughs> <laughs> was, was bad though uh i'll give myself the crickets ants insert the cricket noise on that shit um but yeah i'm i'm excited man phoenix is like a fucking well-oiled machine You never know who's going to go off on you One night it'll be Booker The next it'll be Chris Paul And then fucking Mikel Bridges might drop 31 on you You know And Cam Johnson's been bad so far But um, I'm sure you remember from Fantasy The heater he was on Before he got injured his quad Like he scored 38 points in a game winning 3 In his last game And averaged like 20 something for like 2 weeks Um, So He can fucking take you out one night There's always the random Jay Crowder game where he fucking will go like... That's Sunday's only, baby. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the well-oiled machine against the much-improved Dallas defense. And Luka, he looks like he's got his footing back. Booker's probably going to need a a game or two to get back to 100. But I cannot wait for that series, man. Uh, Clash of the Titans. I'm going Phoenix in seven. Woo! Shit, I'm going Phoenix in six. All right,
0: moving over to the east. We touched on it a little bit, but Miami and Philly. Without Embiid, it's pretty much no contest. You need that guy to carry the weight and have a steady parade to the free throw line. If he's missing two games, they're probably going down 0-2. Tough to
2: battle back from that. I'll say Miami in five. Yeah, I like that. I think part of me wants to say sweep but i just can't trust the health of the heat either so i'll i'll roll with you miami in five i would have picked miami in um six or seven if Embiid was healthy but yeah if he's missing one and two for sure and then they're hoping he's back for three four i gotta give it to the heat man Mm mm-hmm And then Milwaukee and Boston,
0: we all know Middleton is out, but Milwaukee is deep, and as deep as they come. I'm going to say Milwaukee in six. Atenta Kumpo gets it
2: done, man. Dude, I love that pick, and that's what I want to happen, but I think... I think this one might go seven heart of a champion like this would have been such an epic series with middleton like that's i'm so devastated because that would have been must-see tv i mean i think it still will be because um the greek freak ain't fucking laying down for nobody but uh, shit, uh god damn it i don't know i want milwaukee in six but i'm gonna say boston and seven
0: there you have it our picks round two of the nba playoffs round one did not disappoint and i don't think round 2 will either and the nhl playoffs kicks off this monday Oh man, of course the Leafs got the toughest matchup. Now we have these stupid divisions going on in the NHL. So it's not 1 vs. 8, <sighs> 2 versus 7. It's a fucking stupid mix. And in the first round, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who finished third in the whole NHL in standings, are lined up against the two-time champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And our pest, Michael Bunting, questionable for game one. And Tampa Bay's rolling right now, but you know the Leafs are going to get it done. This is our year, and no better way to start the playoffs than taking down the defending two time champions in Nikita Kucherov, Steve Stamkos, and Vasilevsky. You guys are fucked, man. The Leafs are ready this year. Matthews <laughs> got the last game of the season off. He's ready to do damage, man. I'm predicting. It might be a long series, probably six, maybe seven games. Matthew's is getting north of 15 points in those games, at least seven or eight goals, man. Has to happen for us to win, so I have to predict that.
2: Brov, I'm so sad to hear that. I was actually going to ask if you didn't bring up the NHL, what's popping, but uh, I saw that we finished with a better record, so we have home ice, right, for this Yeah, we have series. home ice. Why... Well, I. I man i feel for you man I, I saw that yesterday and i was like oh okay home ice like who the fuck is the tampa bay lightning for completely forgot their back-to-back champs i thought this was the year man first time since 2004 sundin era where we got to round two but <laughs> yo, but you know what all the times we've been expected to win and lost i think now yeah. maybe people are gonna expect us to lose and this might be the year man let's fucking get it i might even tune into be. a game
0: Dude, you got it. It's going to be musty. Two of the most exciting teams in the NHL. So, like, I was talking to Davis Torgerson because his Minnesota Wild got themselves a tough landing spot with the St. Louis Blues as well. Uh, both of our teams are in tough, but both must watch series, man. We're both excited for uh, what's to come in round one. Yo, know, fuck Davis, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, y'all. Just, just kidding. We'll catch you next week. You take. Peace.